When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Blood and Mud podcast, everybody. The podcast that gives Wayne Pivak until, what are we saying, this time next week, do we reckon? I mean, yeah, well, I mean, we'll chat about this, but like currently, he's still in a job. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't looked at Twitter for 10 minutes, so who knows? Maybe. <laughs> Keep hitting refresh, let us know in the comments if anything yep. happens. Um... <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going to talk. I suppose we're going to do it in news. We'll do it in news later. We'll do it in yeah. news later. <laughs> oh, what a weekend. What, what a weekend. weekend. What a weekend. What a what terrible a weekend. weekend to be proved completely and depressingly right. Hello, everybody. Um, I'm, I'm going to be I'm Lee. Hello. We're not going to yeah, be able to ramble before I get to my name. I'm confused, but I am Lee. Yeah. And over there is. Hi, I'm Josh. You knew that. Did you? Have you? What, what, anything? Well, maybe, anything maybe this is the anything, first time you ever listened to it. It could be. It could be. Yeah. You'll soon be disappointed when you don't understand what's going on. Mm. But uh, what uh, you've been up to anything apart from, you know, rubbing your hands? Well, not rubbing your hands, but kind of smiling wryly at, the, at what happened on Saturday, I guess. I mean, More of that later. Yeah, I mean, I was supposed to go and watch uh, the Wales game, which, uh, I mean, would have been a fitting sort of... Right. Did you get a premonition be... before you went? Or, you know, well, no, what I, I got what I got was um, the worst sort of uh, gastrointestinal stomach bug that I've had in my adult life on uh, on Thursday night, uh, courtesy of my son, of course, as a... Uh, any parent will know they are just everyone like oh yeah babies get sick all the time but they never tell you that they give it to you they give it to you and then you are trying to deal with them being sick while also being sick it's so you were fun. on a toilet were you instead of being uh i was i i sort of i'd done most of my throwing up uh by sort of saturday morning time um although i did have a little reprise on saturday evening that wasn't wales related um but like during the game, I was <laughs> just sort of lying on my sofa, kind of <laughs> defeatedly watching us with a sense. But in, in many ways, I feel like I sort of got the, the like the best end of the deal because like 
being there would probably have been worse than having horrendous norovirus, I feel like. Drinking, you know, seven-pound pints of <laughs> exactly. thin yellow booze. Exactly, terrible booze. Spending 12 quid on an inedible giant hot dog and watching <laughs> Wales piss away yet another game against Australia. I've seen this movie before. So, yeah, that, that my weekend was mainly spent sort of trying to learn how to eat solids again. Um, sort of getting... I get like a baby, yeah. So, <laughs> like a baby, yeah. I throw up like you, I will eat solids <laughs> like you. I've Well, I had the weekend. It's it's Christmas. Believe it or not, it's Christmas cup party season, Josh. It is, yeah. I got my um, Christmas party on Thursday. Luckily, early. whisper it, but I'm senior enough in work now that I don't get invited. Oh, Do you know what I mean? Apart from maybe a bit of a senior management lunch or something. No, nobody in the right mind wants me at their Christmas party. Do you know what I mean now? Because, well, they just don't. So in a way, it's a shame in a way. I'm not an antisocial person, but also it means I don't have to turn out when I don't want to. Do you know what I mean? See, that so, is the dream. Because like, so that's the thing, when you work in the media, because it's all sort of like pretending to have a vaguely flat structure and, you <laughs> know, everyone's supposed to be broadly all right. Like... Everybody always gets invited to all the parties, and then it's just kind of like. Well, I I get invited to the Guardian's Christmas sports desk Christmas <laughs> drink. Absolutely go to that. Which was three weeks ago because of the World Cup. They said there's no oh. way we're going to be able to get it done. To yeah, Christmas. I get invited every year. It's like I've been to the Guardian's office once, <laughs> one time, Imagine. to basically <laughs> learn how to use their systems, which I didn't need to do anyway because. It's basically an online blogging it's like platform. All other, Very it's sophisticated like all other CMSs, on, yeah. online blogging platform. Very sophisticated though. But yes, but it's um, so I've, yeah. So it's great. I've I mean I've 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 probably seen the Guardian as much times as I've seen you in real life. No, no, yeah. I've seen you one more time. I think so. Yeah, one more time. Yeah, we've we've done twice, possibly thrice coming up. You know, possibly we are planning an event round Judgment. Well, I'll mention it here. We're thinking of doing a live podcast around Judgment Day in Cardiff on the twenty second of April. Yeah, um, be helpful if you could let us know if that's something you'd be into. I might put a poll up. I did put a poll up about where people's preferred location would be for a live mm. pod, and most people said either London or Cardiff. So we thought we'd tie in with Cardiff with the games, and we will see gauge some interest and see if it's worth doing. Yes. Um, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so we'll we're trying to look for venues and stuff, but. If nothing else, we might just do a Judgment Day get-together again like we did a few years ago, which was very, very nice. We met quite a few of you. So uh, that's one thing. Yeah, we're going to make it a little bit more formal, a little bit more fun. We'll get a little bit more worth turning out for. Yeah. Because you know, the Welsh derbies, the rugby ain't... Um, you know, the, the rugby ain't going to be worth turning out for, is it? So you might as well come to a live <laughs> pod for the weekend. I, so I don't know what you... I, don't know, I mean, Cardiff are the best team in the world, so... Uh, well, again, more on that later. <laughs> So the reason why I know it's Christmas party season because I had to pick my wife up. Ah, yes, yeah. And uh, so she went to Liverpool with her because a lot of her work is over that way. So she went to Liverpool mm. and then came back to the Wirral to her friend's house. I had to go and pick her up. And it's that thing where you say, can you come and pick me up? Yes. So, of course, you get there to where you're supposed to be the venue. Sit outside in the car. I'm outside. <laughs> Five minutes later, not read it. Yeah. Phone, not answering it. Phone again, not answering it. Then she finally answers it. <laughs> oh, I've just got a glass of wine. Do you uh, want to come in? No. Absolutely. What, what, what part of you makes no. you think I want to come in not. there to half a dozen 
unbelievably pissed office women. Absolutely, absolutely um, not. Luckily, I had I had me in-house jogging bottoms on, and every, you can imagine the state they are. Do you know what I mean? Because I just walked <laughs> to the car. I've done that. Ex- I've done that exact thing. I've picked Rachel up from a Christmas party in the past, and I've been like, I've looked presentable up top, but. As, as, soon, yeah, as soon as exactly. the window rolls down, it becomes apparent that I am literally still wearing my slippers. So she's like, and... "Yeah, do you want to I said, "I am not dressed for other people. I think you need to come outside now." So, <laughs> uh... yeah. So then, yeah, home within what half a mile asleep. Not me. I was driving, obviously. Obviously, yeah. But that's the that's the beauty of this time of the year, isn't it? And then you know, it is. It is the the season for uh, all of that. Ot Vid says, "Oh no, I'm seeing Paramore on the twenty second. Well, you know that sounds like an avoidable gig. I'll be I mean, honest. Who's who's more important? Who do you want to see more, Haley Williams or us? Then answer that question. I know. Right. <laughs> I'm sure I might put me in house jogging bottoms on if you want to come. That's something to attract you. <laughs> My hair is looking magnificent tonight, says Andy Bradshaw. Thank you very much, Andy. It it's, it's large. Funny. Can't do you know? I, I I just lean into it now. Yeah, you know, it wants to go that way, and I exactly. Your hair it. wants to go up. You might as well just sort of roll with it, and you know, you've still got the hairline to pull it off. Watching a uh, Yellowstone on Paramount. Have oh yeah, it? I've watched bits and bobs of it. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Very, it's good. It's very silly. It's oh god, yeah. It's like Dallas, like... but with violence. <laughs> It's it's exactly, it's like it's like oh critics hate it because it's not woke. It's like no critics hate it because it is tosh, but it is entertaining. You tosh. can very much tell it's been written by a bloke who was somehow involved in Sons of Anarchy. Put it that way. Time. But that's weirdly. I was talking to my mate about this the other day, and I was like, in in, in the same way that Sons of Anarchy is nonsense, but it's entertaining, quite compelling nonsense. Yellowstone is is exactly that. It's yes. absolute nonsense. It's got nothing to do with it being woke or anti-woke or whatever. It's it's just silly. Is that why critics say they don't like it's not well, well, I suppose because just, I don't define everything I look at by why it's woke, woke or not. Woke and not. It didn't, yeah, it didn't even it's apparent, enter apparently my the, head. the secret to its success is that it's so anti-woke, and that's what Americans really want is anti-woke oh, television. They're sick of all never forget that like one of the you know, the main plot lines of the whole thing is basically sort of respecting and returning fucking Native American <laughs> land back to the people who fucking own it. Um, but yes, I, you know, it's... Have you seen the trailer for the new, the spin-off? The 1883 one? That somehow got Harrison Ford, Timothy Dalton, Helen Mirren, and Amazing. Jerome fucking off Robson and Jerome. You know. <laughs> Jerome off Robson and Jerome. I love that he's known as that despite all of his Game of Thrones success. He's yeah. still Jerome. I was like, what's off what's and his Jerome. surname? What's his surname? It's off Robson and Jerome. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but it's uh, but it's well worth the watch. The first ep- the pilot episode is an hour and a half long. There's, a, there's a lot going on. I'm still amazed that Costner's still in it because every time it feels like, oh, well, they're going to kill him off now because they can no longer afford him and he's got better things to do. 1.4 million an episode, that motherfucker's off. Fuck me. He hasn't got anything better to do, has he? (laughs) (laughs) 1.4 million episodes. He looks well for 75, though. He really does, to be fair. I tell you what, Harrison Ford's looking good for like 80 something. Yeah, that's evergreen, isn't it? He's, He's the new Sean Connery. Somehow I was looks reading, great for being nine hundred. I was reading a thing about the new uh, Indiana Jones the other day, 
which I'm sort of, after reading it, I'm kind of like sort of cautiously optimistic that maybe it'll be a laugh. But they said that basically, because they're doing something where they like de-age him, and apparently it's very oh, good. no. But only in only in like one sequence that's like set in the forties and he's fighting Nazis. Like when they de-aged Robert De Niro in the Irishman and then he had to kick yes, somebody but... and look like a, a look like an eighty year old man trying to kick somebody. <laughs> but that is they basically said like, yeah, it's um it's much better than that. With the technology has come on leaps and bounds. And there's an awful lot of footage of Ford being Indiana. Oh, Jones there will be, won't there? Yes, that era. So they can use AI to sort of make yeah. it much better. Um, but basically, they said that to do that, they got the original uh, Indiana Jones outfit, which has been like in the vault in Skywalker Ranch since like Raiders of the Lost Ark or whatever, because they wanted to match it up exactly. And for a laugh, and they were like, oh, we'll have Harrison try it on to see how we need to adjust it to fit him. And it fitted him perfectly. <laughs> At 80 years old. The thing that he yeah, wore he when he was good like neck, 30, he? 32, and he's, he's still got the same fucking waist measurements. <laughs> I've depicted um, a, a questionable, a young actor of questionable character to like Shia LaBeouf was in. Phoebe Waller Bridge is his goddaughter. You know? Oh, so they've not gone for like Army Hammer or something just to like keep Thankfully, the kind I mean, of incredibly questionable. I mean, I'm sure there is somebody on this cast that's going to be in some way found to be an absolute shit, but yeah, <laughs> can't be worse than Crystal Skull. That's all I'm going to say. I, don't, I did watch it. I, don't, I remember very little about it. I so. went to watch it at the cinema, and it's one of the few films that I genuinely... Like, usually when I watch a film at the cinema, I at least convince myself it was all right by the time I've left the cinema. And then usually in a couple of days later, I'm like, no, nah, it was shit. I went to the cinema. Like, I, I thought it was shit when it, I came out of the cinema. Instantly, I was just like, that was terrible. We went to watch The Banshees of Inish Erin. Did I tell you that? Oh, yes. Which is getting rave reviews, isn't it? Yes. Um, I I felt like I was outside the zeitgeist because I thought it was a little bit dull, little, trying a little <laughs> bit too hard. But uh, some nice set pieces in it. Some nice, like you know, like if you take like some scenes as a sketch, there's some kind mm. of nice sketches in it. You know what I mean? And the cinematography was very nice. But it was a terrible idea because me and me and Natalie went out. We went to a tapas place before. Nat's had a few glasses yeah. of wine, some tapas. I didn't. I was driving. I had a drink, and um. So, of course, then we go to cinema. It's, a, it's quite a slow burner. It's on for nearly two hours. It's at least half an hour too long, by the way. That's the first mm-hmm. thing. And we both fell asleep. That's the stage of life that we're at. And we both got woken up when I made a very loud snorting, snoring sound. Amazing. Brilliant. To find, like, the entire circle of seats around us laughing. So that's that's the level of dignity I can bring to a Friday night out these days <laughs> in Chester. Yeah. That's the one that's trying to... Uh... Recreate is this Farrell and Gleason again, isn't it? It is a la in Bruges. Um, yeah, and I got very confused because I don't, um, I mean, Robbie Owen, who's the film buff of our group, isn't he? Won't will kill me for this, but I didn't realize that Michael McDonough, who did I think yes. did in Bruges and did three billboards and did this one, yes, is not the same McDonough who did Calvary and the Guard and stuff. That's John Patrick McDonough, <laughs> his brother. Yes. They've got two brothers who all work, both work with Brendan Gleeson regularly. Yes. Writing these films about Ireland. They're both from the very London Irish. But uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. That was a. A, 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 diver, a divergence. A divergence. I, I think what I've realized is I prefer John Patrick because the guard, John Patrick McDonough, the guard and um, Calvary are very good. 
They are very good. Yeah, I really like the guard particularly. Calvary somehow manages to explore the hideous kind of child abuse stuff in the Catholic Church without and still being very watchable. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's There's great, not actual yeah. child abuse in it. It's about the kind of trauma yep. of it all. But uh... anyway, sorry. There you go. That was what I've been watching. Watch Yellowstone if you can be bothered. It's good. It's daft. What I love about it is, is that I've just started. I'm into episode five, I think. And there is three more series for me to get through, which I love. I'm sick of running out of fucking programs to watch. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I've caught up on everything. I'm fuming. I'm absolutely fuming that Andor's ended because I want there to be about 11. I haven't watched that. that. We have to find stuff me and Nat's to watch together, you see. And she won't watch things like that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm watching that. Well, I watched that on my own and it was great. As a prop, as a Star Wars nerd, it gave me everything I asked for. And as a, as a fan of slow, it's a prequel burn. to Rogue One, isn't it? Yes, as a right. fan of sort of slow burn, tense sort of television with an espionage bent, I it also gave me everything I wanted. Anna S says, "Never leave the house. House enclosure you can't get out of the car with for various reasons, including potentially at this time of year having to get out to do a breathalyzer." Good advice. Although I level with you, if I've been pulled over by the cops, I don't give a fuck what I'm wearing. Surely, surely, if you're wearing pajama bottoms, that's you're more credibly not drunk. Also, do they make you get out of the car to do a breathalyzer? Can't they just like ram it through the window and you blow it? Exactly. Can you just be like, look, I'm just in my fucking gym jam. <laughs> yes. Come on, pal. <laughs> Come on. We police by consent. Just stick it through the, the window. Sto- <laughs> notoriously yeah. fucking considerate, and and you know yeah. they respond. This well, is not the Bronx. Ridiculous. Come on, just stick it yeah. through the window. <laughs> Uh, yes okay we've done who we are if you want to get in touch with me and tell me what you're watching um, I'm lee at bloodandmud.com on the email either or I'm at bloodandmud on twitter for now I'm going to stop saying that because it looks like twitter is going to survive the reports of his demise have been greatly overstated I opened the app yesterday and Mm. literally I counted every fourth tweet was a promoted tweet and they were all horrendous things like quite a lot of them were promoted tweets for Saudi Arabia's public investment funds trying to pretend it's doing good for the world it's like okay that's the advertiser level you've reduced to now okay good I've started getting adverts for like cabaret shows in London (laughs) you know you What's the, what's the algorithm for this? You know, is it because well, it's posh, is it slightly like bougie night out or something? Possibly, but I think increasingly. I bought a nice pair of shoes last week. I think now oh, the algorithm's like thrown me. That it was on Black Friday, like, but yeah. See, I'm I'm scrolling through. I get constant ones for that fucking Omaze million pound fucking house thing. Constant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really think that I'm in the target. I mean, I would like a nice house, but like. Your house is very nice. It's nice. It's not very nice. It's not Omaze million pound house nice. No. But you know. It's how do people get to you? I I think I feel like I'm sticking around. Oh yeah, at Josh Gardner on Twitter, (laughs) obviously. I'm not going anywhere. I'll be there until the fucking vinegar strokes are the thing, mate. Don't worry about it. (laughs) We are on the sports social networks. Sorry, carry on. Yes. We are on Apple and everywhere else you get podcasts from. We're also on yes. Patreon.com and Slash It Tears, the only game in town. And every road that takes him, takes him down. Though life goes on around him everywhere. He's playing Slash It Tears. 
blood and mud where you can come along and get lots of different things like not me singing for a start uh, but you can also get extra episodes membership of the facebook group unabridged versions of the episodes each week for all your fun times and that's just going to cost you how much is it going to cost you josh fuck all mate not you. I mean, tell the tell the listeners how much it's going to cost them. Oh, it's like two quid a month or fiver if you, you want to go mad. Yeah, don't go mad. So two quid a month right? or a fiver. Yeah, yeah, that is right. So fiver yeah. if you want to if you want to keep going. So five pound gives you extra. Doesn't give you extra stuff. Gives you the same stuff. It gives you a chance to uh, do the getting your biography done as a player i'd like to give a big shout out to ross galloway he's seen the five pound minimum vip stake josh and he's rejected it out of hand hello and buffelli booted his contribution right up to the stratosphere thank you for that ross and here is your payment so here we go. Ross Galloway plays both sides of the scrum for MDMA and RFC. Such is his value <laughs> because he plays both sides of the scrum is that he hasn't trained since Obviously. 2012, but still plays for the firsts whenever he wants, except Eurovision weekend when he's not available for selection because he goes on an all-dayer alone dressed as Dana International. Everyone in every pub he goes to is wisely doesn't comment on this. So thank you very much, Ross, for that, for your for your kicking your contribution well beyond the five pound minimum and right up into the stratosphere. And um, hopefully your biography was good. Sorry we've missed everybody. Um yeah. anybody who's, who's put some stuff in. I'll catch up on it, I promise. But I wanted to make sure I got Ross in this week. Yeah. Anna S just says, I can't believe that, you know, that we didn't mention this is you also get this as a patron. Yes, that's absolutely right. You you can watch the live show and hear all of this, which will definitely be edited out later on. So. Yes, yeah, 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 all of that. Shall we begin as we always begin, Josh, with a player spotted? Uh, I do think we better add, yeah. I think that's, that's the, the, the right and proper thing to do in these circumstances. Dominic Brown does a proper old-fashioned straight-up bog-standard e-miver into my oh, I love it. Love that stuff. No, not a DM. Not a not a patron messaging service, not a Snapchat, nothing. Just a proper early two thousands email he sent to me. Oh, I love that shit. Hello, Lee and old... Josh. He says, "Hello." He he mentioned you as well, which is nice. Yeah, it's always nice, even though I'm you know not involved. He says this is a very mundane player spotted, which is you've, exactly you've been what we asked for. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He says so. I've spotted former Wales centre Jamie Roberts mm -hmm. three times in about four or five months around Bath, says Dominic. He's like he likes Bath, doesn't he? Like he Does he live there? Be there? I think he might live there, yeah. It's like there's <laughs> he because obviously he bought that he has a house he had a house there when he played for Bath, but I think he must because he's always posting photos of him being in the gym and bath and stuff like that. So I wonder if him and his missus were just like, No, this place is fucking lovely. And to be fair, if you're rich, it is. Dominic continues the first time he was riding a bike down the street past the bus mm -hmm. stop I was waiting at. 
The second time he was walking a dog. I don't know if that was past yeah. the bus stop, but he was walking a dog. Mm-hmm. Third time, just walking down the street, says Dominic. He's <laughs> gradually having less sort of accoutrements. Yeah, exactly. Next time he's stark naked walking down the street. <laughs> Fourth time I saw him, he was just lying down on a bench. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it was a tramp. It wasn't Jamie Roberts. Sorry. Doing lo-fi sort of, you know, proficient but not very interesting thing seems right up seems Jamie Roberts's energy right now. Oh big time, yeah. I think. And is his is his face getting smaller in, in um, ratio to his head, do you think? Because it seems to there, there is work being there's work afoot <laughs> there, I think. Um don't know what kind of work he's I mean obviously he's had air transplant, fair play. Um but yeah the, I don't know maybe it's just that when he was like when he was playing he was probably packing on more poundage than his body can healthily carry <laughs> and so now that he no longer has to run into 20 stone men every week um at least you know unless he wants to um he's probably it's, it's probably slimming him down quite a bit and so he's it's probably changing the shape of his face because he's not carrying quite so much timber as he was that's my kind uh, Harley Worthy asks, there's a blood and mud Snapchat, because I mentioned that to him. No, there is not. Fucking no. I don't even have the app. I wouldn't know what to do with it if I did. 37. <laughs> I'm, you know, yeah, I'm I'm hurtling towards TikTok. 50. It scared me. I downloaded TikTok and it was, yeah, I don't know. The thing about, yeah, I don't even know. I also feel, even though I'd be doing nothing wrong, I'd feel like a, somehow feel like a pervert having Snapchat. Apologies <laughs> to anybody out there that's got it. Because it just feels like it's almost exclusively no, it's, it's, populated it's an, by very young up. people. So it's what am I up. doing there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it feels a little bit like going into a nightclub in your 50s where it's full of 22-year-olds. You're like, this <laughs> is, is you, I need to get out of here. It is a yeah. bit like that, yeah. It's like going into a student bar yes. in your 30s or something. It's like, what are you doing? Indeed. So thank you for that, Dominic. Jamie Roberts just wandering about. I think is, is, the is the best way I can sum Trying it up. Trying to keep himself busy, bless him. In between, yeah, chatting on the telly mm. of a Saturday and a Friday. So if you've got a player spotted, like Dominic, you can use the old-fashioned email. I'll take that, leahbloodandmud.com. Yeah, why not? Or you can use the patron messaging service if you're one of those lovely people, and I've told you how to do that. And also you can use the DMs because mine are open, but not Josh's, though. No, I'd like to thank Ryan Spencer. Lovely, I don't know if he's a listener, but he definitely a Twitter follower. He sent me, a, he keeps sending me like South African documentaries to watch about rugby, like via the back door. Ooh. But uh, yeah, thank you very much for that. Um, I will have a look at that. I think it's yeah. a John Smith one next, but it's it's, yeah, it's very good. That he's, yeah, 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 I'll forward you. Yeah, but the yeah. um, so yeah, so if you want to become a patron and use a Patreon messaging service or anything else, um, it is patreon.com. I won't say this time, slurs. Blood yeah. and mud, where you can come along and get all of those things, um, the, and the Facebook group and all that kind of stuff. So, thank you very much for all of you that do that. That's very, very nice of you all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Shall we do some news, Josh? I think we should, yeah. Where the tone will probably change slightly. Yeah. Right now, because I think the lots of people submitted this for shit later, obviously. But the um, the absolute shit bag news this week is the uh, passing away Saturday. Well, it was announced Saturday afternoon, wasn't it? About tea time. Yeah. Of, of Doddy, of Scotland, British Lion, an all-round lovely, toweringly lovely bloke, Doddy Weir. Yeah. Just, just bloody awful, isn't it? I did. I remember thinking he looked. He looked very, very frail. More frail than I've seen. Yeah, him last when week. he, yeah. when he, came, when he came on for that, uh, the Scotland All Blacks thing. Um, I, I remember think you know a year or two um, ago when he came to Murrayfield. You know, he just looked like Doddy Weir, and even when you saw him quite, like he, he'd clearly sort of become quite His frail. Speech quite... was going, wasn't it? He was getting a bit frailer, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I thought I, all of the tributes to his uh, to him obviously talk about what a fucking legend he was and what a great teammate he was, and obviously he was like a sort of iconically, <laughs> legendarily so, you know. But I think it was quite nice that you know Townsend's tribute to him kind of reminded everybody that he wasn't just the sort of inverted commas good tourist slash good guy to have around the dressing room like he was a fucking great player mm. as well like you know he got into the Scotland team at 19 you know he you know scored a couple of tries against the All Blacks in a World Cup quarter final won, won the championship with Melrose won the premiership with Newcastle had 60 caps was a lion you know you don't get all of that shit without being a an absolutely remarkable rugby player as well as being this great, fantastic, larger-than-life character that he obviously additionally was. And so, yeah, it's it's, it's been lovely. I mean, I found out what his name was, for starters. Yes. Because, <laughs> like, you know, he's always just been Doddy Weir. I had absolutely no idea that he was George Wilson Weir. But, uh, yeah, it's been lovely to see how... You know, and inevitably, you know, the one of the most beloved men in the game universally. But yeah, shit. That was man. the main thing for me, really. It was the just hugely uniting. Says a lot about him. The uniting factor of everyone just adored him, didn't they? And it's a bit different to like when some other people have passed away. Not that it's not very, very sad, but I'm sure people have a lot of respect for certain people as players and all that kind of stuff. But it was just like a universal outpouring of love for this guy, basically right from the off and right to the end, which is says a lot about him and says a lot about, I've used the word towering before, but he was a towering figure literally and figuratively across the sport. And even more so since his diagnosis, really, he grabbed that with both hands and said, right, yeah. fuck this, let's do something productive with it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, everything that they've raised for the foundation 
in the last few years and the awareness that they've raised. And to be honest with you, like as grim as it fucking is, like the, the Doddy's fight being so high profile has kind of raised the alarm flag of like the links between rugby and contact sports and motor neuron disease because you know it's mm. weird there's a weird you know it feels like there's a high occurrence of that within sports and you know in particularly in rugby and rugby league as well and so like and people are now all of a sudden starting to ask questions about that and if you know in the long run if they can find out that that is something that rugby is also i mean obviously scary as fuck but like mm. it will be a a huge collective sort of societal good that he's done to draw those you know to to raise those flags and raise those alarm bells even if he wasn't particularly you know he, he never blamed rugby for anything that happened to him but like it's it might be a hugely important thing that he's done that makes that made us sort of aware and made us conscious of that down the line and like you know he will never really appreciate that and he'll never know that but like it could be even more than the money he raised and the character he was and all of that other stuff but yeah i think humor humanity a bit of heroism towards the end um and and an an outstanding player i think let's not forget that he wouldn't be he wouldn't have the profile he has without being an outstanding player as you mentioned before yeah and I suppose a stoicism. He was the best line out forward in the world in the mid nineties. And I mean, he would. And it was like, it was crazy know, then. He, he knew. Yeah, <laughs> there was there was some fucking ma- there was some mad locks around in those days. Yeah, and um, and a stoicism that was with him throughout his career, which we saw the kind of gentle, practical acceptance of being kicked off the Lions tour, then with a bit of humour that followed it. Hmm which then obviously was just the way he went about his life, really. There was a kind of a gentle stoicism about it all and said, so, well, I'm going to do some good with this. I suppose he propelled himself from 97 onwards, as you said, to do the stuff with Newcastle and everything. And just, yeah, yeah just it's often there's, there are some, there are, you know, some people are arseholes, aren't they? And he wasn't one. And I think there was just, it's just Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just such a shame. It's a shame when somebody is demonstrably so lovely. Uh, and so good and so decent, and you know it's 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 it feels like his diagnosis. You know, it's all happened very quickly, but it's it's remarkable. You know, it's been six years since he revealed mm. that he had MND, and and like in that time, so much of you know the awareness of the disease and you know like obviously rob burrow coming into it and all that sort of, you know it hits it's it's all it's all come through him and through his his humor and his, his openness and his, his willing to kind yeah. of us to be public about these things yeah because i don't know obviously use van der Vestesen was the first most high profile that yeah. i remember he might not have been the first the one that came to my attention and I don't know what happened in South Africa with you. I'll have to be honest, I don't know. But it that didn't seem to have it didn't have the profile in Europe that Doddy brought to it. And I don't know about, you know, very different characters. I don't know. Juice Man wanted to keep it a bit more um private or whatever in the way he wanted to deal with it. I genuinely don't know. He might have been very public in South Africa. But um Yeah. But yeah, I suppose the point of it is it, it, it was he was for Yeah, and then Doddy I think was in the, the sort of certainly in the British and in kind yeah. of European theatre of kind of this stuff, he he has been that kind of 
standard bearer for it. And yeah, it's just it's just unbearably sad, isn't it? It is. And you know, juiced um, him. Um, unfortunately, Rob Burrow will go that way at some point, and it's all just a uh, uh, terrible. And even with, even you know, even with a condition or whatever, and even if it's expected, fifty-two is is just shit, isn't it? It's you know, no so. fucking age, is it? You know, it's it's awful. And yeah, well, I think I said when John Lomu dies, superheroes have kryptonite, don't they? And he felt like a bit of a superhero. Yeah, and and you know. It, it, it is just, it's, it's hard to take because you sort of, particularly, you know, even a year or two ago, he seemed so, you know, vibrant and and still sort of fit and fighting it, and it's it's just a horrible thing to sort of, yeah, how quickly it it, it goes. But so rest yeah. in peace, Doddy. Um, Indeed. We are all worse off for you not being here, but better for having had you in the first place, I think, is the best way we can sum it up. definitely. Moving on, then. Have you got any more news you want to share? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, as as said earlier, uh, we should probably cover this in news, I guess. At time of broadcast, Wayne Pivak is is still employed. Um, But it does seem like finally... Uh, mercifully, even uh, he has finally shat a bed so massively that not even the most generous duvet placements can can fully cover it up. Um, and uh, yeah, the WIU is apparently having meetings last week to sound out possible replacement coaches to take them to the World Cup. Uh, they released that statement last night saying that they were conducting a perfectly normal, perfectly regular, nothing to Absolutely see here. Absolutely planned, a very, very planned review. Yeah. Yes, I was always going to add, and then, but then they fucked that slightly by cancelling Pivac's uh, scheduled trip to France this morning, where he's supposed to be checking out World Cup training bases. So uh, it all adds up to a situation where it certainly looks very likely that sometime in the next few days, maybe a week, the axe is going to fall. Although, I, I mean, gonna, they're probably not going to sack him until they've got on a replacement on the hook, and you imagine that will take some time and a bit of convincing because look at the fucking state of us. Um, <laughs> I think the final the yeah. final paragraph of Steve Phillips's quote <laughs> kind of, yes. well, he, he said a lot in a lot of the quotes, but well, he didn't say he a lot, but a lot, a lot much. Yeah. Yeah. Upon conclusion of this review, we will of course act on the outcome as we continue to work towards the now short-term goal of success in the 2023 World Cup and the more immediate 2023 Six Nations competition, but also sustainable longer-term success, which is a bit like, you're saying so much there, aren't you? We now need to yeah. focus on all of those three things yeah. getting better. Yeah. We, we, Nothing says the, the ship is sinking, the ship is sinking, please. We're in desperate need yeah. of a life, some sort of lifeboat. Um, and that lifeboat certainly appears to be, judging by what the, is being said in the press, uh, a, a triumphant return to Warren Gatland. Uh, How um, do you feel about that? Is it is it a twelve month job? Do we think is it a, is it a it, checker well, in twenty nineteen job? You know, I think so. Well, basically, right. The 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 the, the list of names that they drew up last week was Gatland. Um. Steve Tandy, who is probably the most likely option if Gatlin says no, and then like a 
a comically fanciful Christmas list of Scott Robertson, Ronan Agara, Steve Borthwick, and Pat Lamb. And for some reason, Rob Baxter, um, none of them would ever Ronan go Ronan Agara is banned until after the World Cup. <laughs> I was going to say, like he's banned for 10 fucking weeks. It was, but did you see BT Sport tweeted that interview that you gave after... Um, the Champions Cup last year, and I was like, "Oh, Champions Cup start! Can't wait to you know, always great to hear Ronan Agar. I can't wait to hear more of him this season." I just want to tweet them. It's like you're not going to see any hear of anything from him anytime soon because he's literally banned until after the group stages. Four, and we'll come. Maybe we'll come on to this. It's not his usual brand of abusing referees. It's something to do with video analysis and to do with Toulouse which leads me to think that we might have a sort of New England Patriots Spygate style, has he been filming opposition team captain runs or something? I'd love that if that was the case. Ronagar properly going full <coughs> evil before yeah, he's even not, got the England job. Because <laughs> normally it's just like a full-on purple-faced meltdown, isn't it? Is is kind yeah, of exactly. what you expect usually, from him. Usually we're, we're not, we're not a lot. Front, it's for abusing the match officials, and um, not a lot of planning, just a pure meltdown. Yeah. Whereas that yeah, that yeah. says a, a kind of artifice and a kind of yeah, that's, complex that's, that's shit out industrial, that kind of like. industrial cheating. I'm well into this because he's been banned for the good of the game, according to the LNR, which is very <laughs> interesting. Um, anyway, yes. So none of those people are going to say yes. Um, I think with Gats, yeah, it's a. I mean, it's, it's it's like because he basically got promoted out of instead of because they couldn't afford to sack him at the Chiefs because like it obviously went terribly and then they sort of promoted him above to a level that they basically promoted him out of the room. Um, so he just been so bored to... he might go and get another job. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's kind of what they've been hoping for, and like combine it with the obvious affection that he has for Wales anyway, and all of the plum coaching jobs that are going to be on the cards post Rugby World Cup. You know, there's going to be Scotland, Wales, England, um, possibly you know South Africa, depending on how it goes. Possibly New Zealand, depending on how it goes. Possibly Australia, depending on how it goes. The USA will have a lot of money to throw around with the World Cup in ten years' time and no qualification this time. There's a lot of plum jobs out there that he could do with putting himself in a shop window for. And yeah, like if it's shit and he, and he, they don't go badly, like, oh, well, look what the mess he was left with. It was an impossible job. And I bet he's thinking that like, even with how bad they are now, he can still probably squeeze us to a quarterfinal and then everybody would be broadly happy. Um, and if he does something magical and transforms Wales like he did in 2008, well, he can have any job in world rugby in 11 months' time. You know, whether that is Wales basically saying, we'll pay you whatever you want to stay forever, um, whether it's England, whether it's the All Blacks, like even the, if he if he does well with this Wales team where we are now to where we are, you know, in a Wayne Smith style there's no way. Surely a Joe Schmidt run, slightly more pragmatic New Zealand, especially if they don't have a great World Cup, is going to look at Warren Gatland if he does well with the with Wales next year and goes, yeah, okay, <laughs> we'll give you a go. What's the worst that could happen? Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a, a bit. It's a kind of easy win. For, it's a kind of win-win for him because he's not going to damage his reputation if it goes badly and. 
there's a huge upside. And and the WA you're gonna have to pay them probably a fuckload of money <laughs> they don't have. I think it's um they're gonna need an interim, aren't they? And because you as you said, there's yeah. gonna be coaches available post World Cup, isn't there? So Wales yeah. themselves won't want something that well, they pop, there's not that amount. There's not a huge amount swimming swimming around now. Is that that'll uh, no. the inevitable shift will come next year? I think it's. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but I think it's. I'm not sure he has. Well, I suppose he could turn up and it's still shit. He goes, oh well, what did you expect? You know what I mean? Look at the fucking state of it. WRU's yeah. fucked. I can't, or if I he can't does, see or, a world in which he makes Wales worse. You know, what if he stay the same though? Because he has had off seasons at his time, hasn't he? He has, but usually they've not come when he's sort of like generally every time he's come back from being off with the Lions or he's come back or, you know, when he first got the job in 2008, it coincided with a dramatic upswing. <laughs> and he's got to look at, you know, we'll talk about Wayne Pivax Wales in the yes. in the meat of this podcast, but like, you know, he's got to look at that squad and go, there's still a lot not of now, 43 time. minutes in, we'll do it in yeah. the meat of the yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's got to look at that squad and go, well, I can do something with that. Like this, the the team that beat fucking South Africa this year is in there if it is allowed to be there more consistently than it currently is. And a lot of the a lot of the pieces that he relied on in 2019, for good or for ill, are still some of the pieces that Wales are relying on now. So it's all very known quantity ish with him. So. Like Sam Marsh has asked, um, would he take the job even if he's not going to get his first choice staff? Well, who's his first choice staff? Rob Howley. I think they can probably get him out of the Canada advisory contract <laughs> that he's in quite easily. <laughs> and like, there's no coach that Gatlin trusts more than Rob Howley because he's the only one that he's taken everywhere. Like, the only reason he didn't take him on the Lions tour last time was because he was still banned. But like, you know, he went on every single Lions tour. He came with him to Wales. Like, he discarded Sean Edwards much more readily than he discarded Rob Howley, which says a lot about how much he trusts him. Um, yeah. Imagine that. You could go for an all-band triumvirate. You could have, like, Dean Richards, Rodan O'Gara, and Rob Howley <laughs> for a year. And, uh, Let's see if we can get Cockrell off England. A triple, just to have a triple the... threat of band is coming in. Um, yeah, so... Uh, that, so He's gone. Yeah, I, I'd look, let's I, be honest. He's he'll be. He's, 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 he's surely going to be. If he if he manages to talk himself, like he must be a much more convincing talker in private meetings than he is in press conferences. If he somehow manages to talk his way out of this one, because let's not forget we were here two years ago when he had to sack Byron Hayward <laughs> to sort of save himself. Um, it's and since then he sacked a lot of breakdown coaches. Um, to try and kind of ballast, you know, remove ballast from the boat. Um, surely you can't get it at this one. Um, Harley Worthy says, to be fair, Kingsley Jones could let Howley coach Canada via Zoom. Never mind that. Kingsley Jones could coach Wales via Zoom. Think about that one. Well, oh. I mean, what's, what's Howley's advisory role to the Canadian, Canadian Rugby Union? I advise I you do. to get rid of Kingsley Jones. Anything else you need me to do? You. I wouldn't do that if I were you, Kingsley. Oh, okay. You're going to do it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every time Kingsley goes, yeah. It's a brave decision yeah. that Kingsley. Yeah. Yeah, he's sort of walk, basically walking around the attacking Canada attacking game plan like a sort of mechanic. 
when your car's in for an MOT, sort of sucking on a tab. Kicking like, tires. <laughs> Uh, poke, poking at bits of rust, <laughs> also known as you know the halfbacks. The uh, yeah. so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I I really love them to bring Mark Jones in to handle defense as much as I love Geth. I think Geth could do something else like forwards or something, but like, yeah, Mark Jones is unemployed and <laughs> is one of the most hotly tipped young defensive coaches in the game so fuck it let's get him into Wales and he's Welsh and he's free, unavailable and Eddie and Eddie Jones wanted him to be his defence coach but you know last year so and Dimes let's bring Dimes in fuck it <laughs> <laughs> the um, elsewhere in Wales Anna just mentioned the comments I was going to mention anyway Yian Evans has been elected chair or is mm. it elected? He's he's the chair now of uh, the WRU. Yes, uh, and sure. uh, he's yeah, he, he is the latest sacrificial body to be smashed against the rocks of amateur intransigence for the next two years until his, you know, pelted bones and cartilages can take it no more. Yeah, he's very up, very upbeat in his quotes though. Um, it's a huge honour for me yeah. to take up the position of the chair of Welsh Rugby Union, and I'm fully intent to repay member clubs, my fellow directors, for the faith they've shown in me, said Ian. That club. means taking up the mantle for governance reform, set in motion by my predecessors with both hands and driving change for better in Welsh rugby. And then he goes on to talk about a lot around, you know, basically we're proud of our heritage, but we need to stop being a shit show. He doesn't quite say that, but you know what I mean? It's borderline, yeah. I mean, the Welsh Tribune has one central mission to ensure sustainability and success. If we stand still, we go backwards, he says. I mean, I mean we so was he even elected? Because did, did he say any of this when he was being, you know, touted about? <laughs> Probably not. Or is it a whole, this, huge, is it a huge Manchurian this, candidate type thing that as soon as he's in position? Therein, well, I mean, you know, therein lies the silliness. You know, you've got to, you basically, the only way to get elected to the WIU board is to pander to these fucking club men. Then as soon as you get on there, you see the reality and gravity of the situation. And you, and then it instantly looks like you've just betrayed what you promised them. But actually, it's just like, oh my god, lads, we're going to fucking go to the wall if we don't sort this out. Do you not get your fucking shit together? <sighs> oh well. Yeah. So he's he's, he's um, trying to get the right balance of his coaches between licking the arse of all these, you know, septuagenarian yes. ex-school teachers who somehow run this organisation. Mm. And also trying to tell them to stop being a total basket case and move into the 21st century. Yeah, can we maybe grow up a tiny little bit? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> it's, oh, it's like I am looking forward to, you know, three years' time when, you know, Wales lose to like Romania or fucking Paraguay or something. And he's, pre- <laughs> he's presented with a framed photo of himself. At, uh... What's the most ridiculous team the Wales could lose to? So Ecuador or something. I mean, there there are depths to which I I can't imagine. We'll you know I never thought I'd we'd sink to losing to Georgia at home and Italy at home in the same year depths. But you know, who knows? Yeah. And anyway, I look forward to Yian having his own little. Uh, <laughs> I love. Joe, do you really think that Rob Butcher photo is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's Welsh rugby in a nutshell. It's like you're giving a man a photo of himself as a sort of like congratulations for a job well done, 
uh, on the same night that Wales have lost at home to Georgia, and he's accepted it with a smile. It's wild. <laughs> this is for all your achievements, uh, a picture of yourself. Yes. <laughs> that isn't drawn in shit for some Where's <laughs> Where's Where's that actually going? Exactly. I assume it's going up in Bargoid RFC, <laughs> which is his club. Um, <laughs> Imagine, yeah, it's it, like, it's just, we've it's tried just... to sum up your time as chair, Rob, by literally getting somebody to try and nail diarrhea to the wall, and it's come out <laughs> looking like your face. <laughs> and here it is, framed <laughs> for you to gaze upon. Look upon your works and weep. <laughs> It's a bit like Brendan Rogers having a statue of himself in the entry <laughs> hall of his house, as was revealed in that oh, Liverpool documentary. So many funniest fucking things ever. So many preposterous men involved in sport. Not us though, obviously. <laughs> this is the thing. It's like sport is nothing if it's not a haven for mediocre white men with massive egos. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'd, I'd, uh, yeah, actually, I will present you with a photo of yourself at the Christmas episode, Josh. Okay. Yes. Frame photo of myself. Um, yes. Draw, and I'll put it up in my hand. Draw in your own gastroenteritis. Um, <laughs> gastroenteritis seepage. Love. <laughs> well, that took oh, a turn, didn't it? Anyway. Shall we do some more? news Uh, do you want to laugh do you want to laugh actually of course Um, always have you heard about conor o'shea's mad shit ideas for the new is this different to the to the to the general shot clock ideas at world rugby or is it included as yes yeah yeah, yeah. it's conor o'shea's unique special mad shit so there's this new premiership they're getting they're going to get rid of the premiership cup right because nobody gives a fuck and they're going to make even fewer people give a fuck about it by bringing the nine of the championship clubs to play in it as well. Um, and they're going to make even fewer people. That'll be nice for them, to be fair. That'll be nice for them. That's a nice development for the championship. It's a bit harsh on the three championship clubs who won't be invited. Um, but they've got to make it to an even 20. (laughs) I don't want to die an old maid. Come on. (laughs) It's not a bad... I I genuinely think Wales doing something similar with... like They're going to play it on Six Nations weekends, right? And during the Autumn Internationals. Um, I'd like Wales doing something similar with the regions and the Welsh Premiership clubs would actually be a better way to develop young players than sending kids to get massacred in Dublin or Durban on international weekends like they do now. However, the stupid part of this, and it is stupid, um, is that Connor has come up with some four new and extremely woolly uh, tweaks that he wants to see to the laws uh, to enhance the competition's appeal. Um, three of which are fundamentally moronic. Um, the first one is the only <laughs> the only sensible one is that he wants to cut down on the time taken resetting scrums. Now, yeah, all right, everybody wants to do that, and yeah. genuinely, is is reset scrums that much of a problem as it used to be? I don't feel like it really is. Like, it's not. I mean, okay, they're not the fastest things in the world, and I'd like them to be faster. But I, like, um, it's it's not like we're enduring like ten resets every fucking scrum like we used to. No, and I, when I'm covering it live, I often make a point. I often make a point when I've like not been able to type anything for four minutes because they've just been stood waiting to form a scrum. Yes, that happens less now. 
It's not very scientific, but it happens less now. Happened a bit in the England game on Saturday, but it happens less now. It's not. It's the it's the walking to the scrum that's the issue. Yeah, that's the thing. thing. It's like if you want to speed up the scrums and make it like it was in those nineties games where they just basically rear up at each other like fucking stags and just smash into each other instantly. (laughs) Yeah, to, as well as like, like two Jenga towers collapsing together and <laughs> forming exactly that. Yeah, a yeah. structure. Yeah, yeah. So that's the first one. Uh, it's broadly sensible. He's got no actual plan to do it. Um, secondly, uh, again, no plan to actually have to do this, but he wants to cut down on kick tennis, which for a recent international head coach shows a remarkable misunderstanding of how and why teams kick in the way that they do in 2022. Like. It's not like we see that much kick tennis anymore either. It's like people are kicking for genuine tactical reasons. And, and people and also, understand that now. It lasts for no more than about two minutes max. Maximum. People Usually talk like it, they're not spending 35 minutes just kicking yeah. the boards with each other. Everyone else has some butter, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's the second one, stupid. Um, thirdly, he wants to incentivize tries scored from outside the 22. Um, by presumably making them worth more points. Now, do you remember Global Rapid Rugby? The thing no. that Western Force bloke. <laughs> oh, remember yes. the Western Sorry, Force yes. bloke? Yes. yes. They got the, the, remember the nine point power try? He's just copied that. <laughs> like, come to think of it, actually, Global Rapid Rugby also had a rule where you couldn't gain territory from a kick to touch. So um, Connor's been copying his homework, sir, here then, because that's a. But anyway, it's a shit idea. Uh, tries are tries. Fuck off. Um, my absolute favourite, though, <laughs> this is the thickest idea by far, right, um, is that teams can, at any point in the match, nominate for an opposition player to leave the field for 10 minutes as if he's been sin-binned. Um, the fevered ramblings of somebody who's watched Lawrence Donalio commentate too much and say the words power play um, because... That's yeah. Like, stop trying to make this a thing. But yeah, yeah it's, a... it's not ice hockey. Um, yeah, it, acting like teams are not broadly good at defending with fourteen now anyway. Um, and also that modern coaches' tendencies to refusal to sort of adapt how their players tackle means that most games involve one or both teams having an entirely unintentional power play at some point anyway, usually at the moment. So I was just saying, fundamentally, right? You can't call it that though when it's like a penalty thing, can you? You you just took someone's head off. It's power play time! Power play time, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But fundamentally, all these rules, like fundamentally, if you want to watch Rugby Union that's got fewer players on the field, has got less kicking, has got less time taken fucking around with scrums, and has you know, awards more long, you know, has more tries scored from long range. Rugby and everyone's league. in a wheelchair. You should watch. <laughs> yeah. Fucking wheelchair rugby league. Um, but yeah, rugby league exists. Why, why is Conor O'Shea trying to make rugby union rugby league? It's just ridiculous. It's a what funny a thing, is it? Because there's obviously this, abs- in most people's minds, there's an absolute sweet spot between international rugby union, particularly as it is now in people's minds, Yes. And Rugby League. Because people don't like what a Rugby Union is, no. but they would rather eat their own shit than watch Rugby League, most Rugby Union fans, wouldn't they? That's a disgraceful yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So there's obviously this sweet spot in between, and it's hard to define what they actually mean. I think it, it, it 
there's the obsession with the ball in play thing. And I do think there is a little bit too much. It's coming to professional sport all over the place. Cricket suffers massively from people just not getting their overs in. There's just too much chatting and too yeah, much dawdling too by and half that goes yes. on everywhere. So why why sack the water break off then? There's a first yeah. thing. But so but world rugby have that's Conor O'Shea's mad shit. Isn't yeah, this it? is this is Conor O'Shea's mad shit. It's different to the World Rugby. So, will that actually yeah. be happening in this Premiership Cup next year? Yeah, so it's, um, that's what he wants to like. There's a working group, right? That's got um, various Premiership coaches in there, including Mark McCall and Lee Blackett for some reason. Involved. I think they're just trying to give him something to do, poor fucker. Um, <laughs> and a couple of players from the Premier, like there's a working group that they're trying to put together to sort of work yeah, out I, what I, these rules will be. I think that shut up, Lee. You're here to drive shut the PowerPoint. Me. Just be quiet. <laughs> you should be like, you're lucky you're here at all. But it's um, the um, but I mean, if you're going to do that Joker thing, right? The kind of a captain yeah. can do a Joker, which is like get. There's loads and loads of stuff you could do that has more of an impact than getting somebody to leave the field. You could like Absolutely. nominate that somebody has to wear them giant foam hands for ten minutes exactly. on the opposition. Or How like much that. more fun would that be? You you can tie one opposition player's shoelaces together. That's more of a danger. <laughs> In the, that's more of a like opportunity for an actual try to be scored than defending with yeah. fourteen. Because all of a sudden, one of the men in the line might just fall over. The scrum half has to play in wellies for the next ten minutes. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. It's just it's, it's a lack of imagination. That's that's all. This thing, is all. This is like it's it's easy to forget that Conor O'Shea is still house somehow the RFU's director of performance. But if this is what he's doing all day long, he's robbing a fucking living. Jesus Christ. They need to. What um... can I copy from? He's gonna. He's gonna recommend that every team in the Premiership gets a non-fucking money-making sponsorship with Papa John's next. They have to for ten minutes. The captain has to pick from a lineup of people, rugby players dressed masked dancer style. <laughs> You've got two minutes. They, they do a bit of a dance and an intro, and you've got to decide. Right, I'll have. It, I'm having him. Then they take the lid off. <laughs> And you've had, you've got Matt Gitto, or you've got somebody who plays for the thirds, or something. <laughs> or worse, what's that Channel Four program where they're all in their fuck? They're all naked, naked, and they reveal naked Basically, that but you, you can pick an extra player, but you have to pick him, and they slowly reveal him from the knees up. And, <laughs> and if you can't Will guess she? him, by, if you can't guess him by his clacker, he's not allowed on. <laughs> exactly. You got know, yeah. to, to make a decision before you get to the face. <laughs> An absolute lack of imagination from Conor O'Shea. Is all I'm We've already had two better ideas than that in in ten seconds. <laughs> Facebook user says after sixty minutes, I had another ball. Yeah, I'm all for multi ball. Fuck it, why yeah. not? Multi balls much. Adding balls is more interesting than removing players, in my opinion. Or you play a jogger for ten minutes, it becomes fifteen on fifteen dodgeball for ten minutes. <laughs> That's how the multi-ball works. Yes, exactly. Ah, oh, see. So that's that. So that's Conor oh, O'Shea. Weird, but there's also yes. World Rugby are very concerned about the dawdling and the fucking about and the lack mm. of ball in play. So they're talking about bringing in a shot clock on. Or is this something different? Have I missed something here? Oh, God here? knows. It's... it's there's, there's, everyone is always trying to tweak... Oh, it's fuck before the Rugby World out. Cup. It is, yeah. Proposal considered by World Rugby over the coming weeks. Countdown of shot clock displayed on the big screen. We're going to encourage teams to restart with greater urgency from set pieces, while kickers will be required to kick for goal within time limits. 
which I think makes sense, really. So, like, yeah, I've, done mask on, I've got no problem with having a shot clock on, uh, uh on which they're doing in the top 14 already. Um, yeah, they are. Yeah, so that makes sense. That's probably quite, um, that's doable, isn't it? That's actually, you yeah. know, there's a clock ticking, it's sensible. I think the worry with anything to do with scrums is a lot of people saying one reset and it's over is that if you're having a shit day in a scrum, you're just deliberately, you know, you'll just try and do it and you'll just wheel it a bit or mistime it a bit and then they'll just go, all right, sorry, right, play on. Yeah. Because it only has to be something, you know, the only, you, all you have to do is engage too early, don't you? They go, like, early engagement, free kick, on we go, sort of yeah. thing. It's the kind of, and that's the thing is like it doesn't it, it doesn't have to be that dramatic. I mean it might end up being dramatic if somebody's tries to fucking milk it in the at the wrong part of the game and it becomes and then we'll never hear the fucking end of it. But frankly, like just for most for ninety nine percent of stuff it's just like let's keep things moving, lads. That's what fuck about. Yeah, and I think, and I suppose there's some ref discretion as well. So you're taking too long, you're wasting time. He's they're formed up and ready to go. Penalty, <laughs> you know, or yeah, free, yeah. or whatever it might be. So yeah. I don't know. I think it's just difficult. It's it's. I think you, you you take it where you can. Things like shot clocks on kicks is a good one. When you've called a penalty, you've, if you're going to kick to touch, you've got a certain amount of time to do it. Water carriers are only allowed on at certain times of the game. All that's kind of enforceable. Yeah, exactly, and it shouldn't be. Uh, it, sh- it shouldn't change the game dramatically in any. Like for most fans, they won't even notice that it's happening. I would imagine for the yeah. casual fans that only watch football, football plays for ninety minutes without fucking water coming on every ten. Every time there's a break in play, don't know they have a warm break or whatever. But there's not just water on all the fucking time like there is in rugby. So no, and like now, the the thing with the the sort of sanctioned water breaks as they have them now in rugby is that. It takes fucking ages. They might as well go to commercial break. <laughs> yes. Like they do in the NFL. Like it's fucking rough. like it, it the water break takes longer because once again we're we're getting coaches sending down fucking detailed destruction instructions to their players instead of it just being for fucking water. Also, there's always TMO stuff or something going on in the game where you're gonna be able to get water on anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's a kind yeah. of it's it's a strange one altogether, really. So any more news? Uh, a couple of bits, yeah. Uh, Finn Russell's apparently joining Bath next season, uh, which is Bath edging firmly into the how are they fucking affording all this territory, given that they've signed half of Wasps and Worcester squads as well already this season. Um, it'll be fun. It'll be very silly. But, you know, people have joked that, like, you know, Finn signing for Bath would be good news for the luxury car dealers of Bath, given his penchant for exotic sports cars, to which I would reply, do you honestly think the luxury car dealers of Bath need any more good news? Like, <laughs> I think they're even going to notice another lad with terrible dress sense and a load of cash swanning around their showrooms. He won't even be a drop in the ocean in Bath. Come off it. <laughs> it will any be more fun. News? Um, yeah, I think it's good, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm going to just say this because it's funny. Um, so remember when Rugby Pass got bought by World Rugby and, and they were like, oh, we won't get involved with Rugby Pass's editorial process at all. Yeah, that was about um, an hour and a half ago they said that, wasn't it? That's how much <laughs> like that. um, yeah, so there's a report in the Telegraph tonight that um, you might have seen Rugby Pass tweeted a uh, extremely on-the-edge meme of... Um, 
Owen Farrell and Marcus Smith. Um, it's it's the first time meme if you've seen that, um, which is a no. Basically, it was it was. But if you were just if you were coming to add it fresh, it was Marcus Smith's head superimposed onto a man in the gallows, and Owen Farrell's head superimposed onto a man in some gallows with nooses round their necks. Um, as a commentary on losing to the Springboks, um, right? It was a, a a joke in poor taste at the best of times. <laughs> Probably just just don't do it. Um, they took it down after uh, about twelve hours later. Um, and according to uh, Charlie Morgan in the Telegraph, uh, World Rugby basically told them to take it down <laughs> as soon. <laughs> um, which is real funny because a so much for that editorial independence and b it's like why why did they need to have to tell you to take that down that's like it wasn't even doing numbers it was just i i saw it and didn't understand it so yeah exactly just... you have to be extremely online to get the meme anyway and if you don't it just looks like they photoshopped Owen Farrell and Marcus Smith's heads onto two men being hanged which is <laughs> Which is not what you want to be doing, is it? Let's be honest. No, and it's certainly the sort of thing, you know, yesterday was the anniversary of Gary Speed's death. Yes. Um, which, you know, the, all of the sporting world was broadly aware of, regardless of sport, I would imagine, um, certainly in Europe. And it was just a spectacularly bad decision that it shouldn't have taken World Rugby to tell them to stop doing it. And yet the fact that they've had to do it has made it somehow worse for the future of rugby passes. So, hey-ho. Didn't see this coming. Well, yeah, quite. <laughs> mm. Just, yeah. Have you got any more mm. news? No, I think that's it. Just for we go to the weekend, probably just quick, quick to, to box off our Fanzo League that's come to oh, a, yes. a good ring halt now at the end of the, the Autumn Nation series. Big shout out to L Ames or Ames L, who's managed to stay top pretty much all the way through, I think. Uh, Dominic is in second place. Richard is in fourth, third place. CA2 is in fourth, and so on, and so on, and so on. I was finished in 33rd, which is not bad from 100 and nearly 150 people. I'm quite happy with that, given my usual record. I pulled it back I had my best weekend on this last weekend. I got a perfect score in the Wales-Australia game. I said Australia by five. I was bang on, uh, and that pulled me up from the depths of 60. Uh, and I finished 37th in the end, which I'm quite happy with. So we're exactly where we should be, pretty much alongside each other Indeed. in mid-table <laughs> mediocrity. So Damn right. Damn right. So thank you to everybody who got involved in that. It was a good bit of fun each week and uh, nice predicting scores and realising that I'm not, maybe not as bad as, as as I think I am, but not good at it either. That pretty much sums yeah, up everything about me, really. So thank you very much, everybody. We will, I think, be back for the Six Nations. We'll see what fans all want yeah. to do, but we certainly enjoyed it. And we'll be back for the Six Nations if that's the case and we can all join in with that one again. So thank you very much. Shall we go to the weekend, Josh? I think we should, yeah. So we've got to say goodbye to people who don't bother paying us. So bye. Bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No so that's the end of the weekend. Uh, uh, we're going to finish yes. this shit, good, are we? I think we are, yeah. What have you got that is shit? Um. The best performance by Welsh region in maybe two years is completely overshadowed by the farce of the wider game in Wales. <laughs> like that Cardiff nil in the Sharks away, even a depleted Sharks as it was, genuinely probably the best result that any European team has had away in South Africa since the Irk started and will be better than any result that any team gets in the Champions Cup away in South Africa in a couple of weeks. Um, an almost comically brilliant. 80-minute performance. And it's just pure Welsh rugby that nobody even cares because everything else is on fire and falling apart. <laughs> and, and when you talk about why regions have struggled to kind of develop affinity and develop fan bases and all this sort of stuff, it's like, or sustain success in the last 10 years, it's because like you don't even get 10 minutes to enjoy something really good happening and generate a bit of positivity and buzz around your brand before some like the car comes smashing through your fucking front room window. It's it's bollocks, isn't it? But what a performance by the by the blues. Fucking fair play to them. Incredible stuff. The um it's funny, isn't it, when people say Pivac's doing a really shit job and people say, Oh yeah, but you know, the whole of Welsh rugby structures in a shit state. It's like, yeah, hang on a minute. Two things can be true at once, and one's not yeah. always exactly the fault of the other one. There are some things that the structure needs sorted out. We all know this. However, with the group of players he's got, he's still doing shit. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's, again, it's like, well, so you think that if he had a better pipeline of players, he'd just be a fucking genius coach or something. It's really, it's a strange one, isn't it? Yeah, it's this, 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 this sort of like, it, it can't it can't be one. And it's like, no, the, the, these two two things can be held to be true. Yeah. At the so same time, guys. If you're calling Wayne Pivak's head, but you're not calling for Steve Phillips's head at the same time, then there's something wrong with you. Well, maybe no, not really. Well, maybe I, I can just see what what is what the change that we can affect right now. Quite, yeah. Is to get rid of the head coach who's out of his depth and is destroying the national team. What we can't do immediately, instantly, is totally transform a hundred and fifty year old fucking governance of a basket case of governance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The um. Yeah, so anyway, sorry, that was a side I just did exactly what you said people shouldn't do. Yeah, it was a brilliant win for Cardiff down there and a fantastic performance and a real thing that should be all over the front pages or back pages or whatever, but unfortunately... Um, all that's on the front pages today is Wayne Pivak. Yes. 
What else have we got? There? I had Manny Tulangi as my shit, and he's completely ineffectual. Ah, yes, but you know, if your forwards aren't going forward, no, fuck that. He's in there to be a physical presence, get the ball, and straighten the fuck out of it when there's nothing else on. So a combination of that and apparently the world class best kick, one of the world's best kickers out of hand, Owen Farrell, should have fucking sorted that for at least a period, but it didn't because of the shit. So that's the end of that. Um, Joe, Joe Taring says, shit, in a crowded field of howling calls, taking off AWJ and Tau Lupe while Tipperick was in the bin might have been Wayne Pivak's masterpiece. Yes. It's good. It is good. It, and as Owen Curtis makes the point as well, he said the same thing, but it, it happened just as the game came into the balance as well. It wasn't just the Simbin thing. It was a vibe about the game that you needed you. a bit of experience, like you, didn't you? you? needed somebody to go, fucking hell, lads. Let's not, yeah. let's not ruin this. We need a rugby equivalent of putting somebody putting a foot on it and calming everybody down, yeah. Jack Hurst says that shit is England's performance. He said shitter than that, though, was listening to the opinions of people in the pub while watching it. <laughs> oh, there's now worse, is there? I'm sorry to be an arrogant sod, but it's 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 hard. It is tough, tough times. Hey, Miss Allen says shit is blood and mud. Okay, for not mentioning Portugal qualifying for the World Cup in either of the last two episodes, despite it being noted by more than one of us last week. Somewhere in the jet setting around Europe and the Fanzo leagues, did you forget about the little guy? Uh, we're just a, way, a short step away from Lee accepting a photo of himself from Josh in Josh's living room. We've already covered that. That's happening. Yeah. But um, I don't, yeah, friend of the pod, Patricia Vieira, is unhappy with us about that as well. So uh, I mean, we yeah. apologise. I, I realised after the pod, I was like, oh, shit, we didn't talk about Portugal, which was like the only... Apologise. It is a wonderful bit of stuff. It was the only bit even... joy I got out of rugby last week, to be honest. And it's... Um, and it's going to be wonderful when Wales lose to Portugal in the World Cup next year. Well, he won't now because Gatland will be in charge and he won't stand for any of that nonsense. But, uh... Yeah, it's uh, it's really exciting, man. They absolutely deserved it. Neil Webber gets in touch. He says, shit is the idea that's taken hold. The Rugby World Cup is the be-all and end-all of international rugby so that three years of absolute dreck can be passed over if the team does okay in the fourth year. But we've been watching miserable shit for 75% of the time then, haven't we, if we do that? How about ignoring the World Cup, trying to play really well all the time and maybe, just maybe, you'll make people happy and win the tournament as well. It's a good point, isn't it? I mean, the Six yeah, Nations is, is the oldest tournament in the world, as we know. And it is in and of itself a valid international, one of the biggest international sporting things in the calendar, you know. And it's really interesting that, like, we've got into this mentality where, like, nothing, like, coaches are allowed to basically say that nothing matters but the World Cup. <laughs> and it's all a four year side. And, but, you know, Wayne Pivak has basically, like, been allowed to be dog shit for three years by just going World Cup, World Cup, World Cup, World Cup, build into World Cup, build into yeah. World Cup. And now the World Cup is less than a year away and it's demonstrably apparent that Wales were not built into the World Cup and he was just shit at his job. And but it's like all... <laughs> and it's all Greg just like... the same. Eddie Jones is the same. It's like Jones in his post match conference, it was his interview. It's just and I think Owen Farrell said something similar. We've put a lot of good work in the last five weeks. And then we've, I know you can't, I think always oh, Manny might have said it. I know you can't see it, but we've really moved forward. <laughs> and it's like, no, you haven't. Don't fucking gaslight me. I'm not a fucking idiot. You've not moved <laughs> forward at all. 
It's just it's, it's, it's madness, isn't it? And, and it, it's, it, it, you can it just is. do the bullshit, can't you? You can either say stuff's happening in the background, or this is a two and a half year plan, and we're only at phase three of yeah, eighteen yeah. phases. You know, it's a and it's a real like it's it's too easy for, and I think it's something that I'd like, like people who are interviewing coaches after games, journalists, both, you know, TV and thing to basically to stop taking that line. <laughs> like, yes. like if they go oh, building towards the world cup and like, we'll just counter that with like, yes, but play, people don't just want to win the world cup. And well, most of the teams that won the world cup have not just suddenly bec- like South Africa are an ab in 2019 are an aberration in that they were absolute fucking toilet until about 11 months before the World Cup. And then they got much, much better. But most of the other teams that have won the Rugby World Cup and have done well in the Rugby World Cup have been good before, like for the couple of years beforehand. You know, the All Blacks in 2015, pretty good in 2014 and 2013 and 2012. And 2011 and 20... it was like France in 99 with that all black game. Oh, is this incredible? Yeah, but they have won like you know three grand slams in the last seven yeah. years. You know, what I mean, they're not a bunch of fucking idiots. You know, what I mean, they're just yeah, all right, this has been a remarkable yeah. performance, but it's not like it's it wasn't in them. You know, they're, yeah. they're pretty talented lads. And it's like Australia, quite decent, you know, like in you know, Australia in the 90s and Australia in 99, good teams before that, England in 2003, were a very good team for quite a few years before they won that <laughs> World Cup. It's, it's yeah. you know, the plenty of, you know, that's not to say <laughs> Hamish Allen says except Ireland. It's not to say the teams can't, good teams don't get, can't shit the bed in the World ah, Cup. Because the, ever, also... the, evergreen, the evergreen literally caveat that is Ireland yeah. the World Cup. Yeah. But, you know, generally the opposite is not true. Like, generally bad teams don't suddenly become good teams in time for the World Cup out of nowhere. And that is, that is the, you know, the nonsense that they're trying, the, the shit that they're trying to get us all to eat is that. And I'm just not having it <laughs> yeah. anymore. Sorry. Yeah. Save me for a fucking mug, mate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the, um, finally, Lamy or Lamy says, shit is going behind for the first time in the B&M Fanzo League. But you said, good, uh, as I came back after South Africa to win it by two points. Yeah, well done. Congratulations. I mentioned indeed. that earlier. Have you got uh, any more shit before I move on to good? No. I'll start with a good, which mm. which is Owen Farrell's audible fuck off after he missed his second kick, <laughs> which I properly lolled while trying to type when I was working for the Guardian. And they were like, Owen characteristic missed last time. He's let's see if he tied. It was like it was right on the right hand post, wasn't it? He, yeah. he stepped up, boomed it, he went. <laughs> and he went, he went, fuck off! As he went, <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> In that vein, actually, obviously, I didn't make it to the match on, uh, yeah, on Saturday. Um, but my mate Hugh, who I was going with, um, went anyway. Uh, not want to waste a ticket, obviously. Um, he was sat uh, a couple of rows behind uh, on the second tier, kind of the front row as a bloke sitting on the front row kind of you know obviously they're every game type guy one of those people who drapes a flag over you know he sits yeah. in the front row and drapes a flag over uh when australia uh scored that winning try he 
as my mate he pulled a fuck off from the absolute depths of his soul and stormed out <laughs> leaving back into the railings it was magic which is probably <laughs> such a glorious image <laughs> the full fucking you know face right paint. from his boots yeah face paint. <laughs> Oh, I'm just, I'm just walking out, just leaving, leaving your flag, leaving everything, just like walking out into the night. Fucking... Easy, mate. You've left your flag and your kids. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's it's a glorious distillation of what it's sport like is just fucking. We've all been there. Sport is just fucking wonderful for this stuff, isn't it? Um, <laughs> My daughter's watch, been watching the football in the World Cup. And she's not really that into sport, but she's got hugely into it, Wales and the World Cup and everything. And then that Iran game on, when it was still nil-nil, she texted me, said, how do you do this all the time? It's so stressful. And it's, yeah. And it's like, yeah, it is, yeah. yeah it is. Most of the time, we all feel like shit for that like yeah. one fucking moment when it somehow feels glorious. <laughs> but no, it's a... Phil Jones says that good is Alan Wynn's soft hands on Saturday afternoon. Never knew he had the silky skills like that. Also, Tao Lupe being Tao Lupe and his non-celebration of that glorious try on Saturday. Like, um, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I also I also loved the Wales Online, but uh, Ben James did a piece about kind of the real Talupe by interviewing a load of people who know him, like Sean Edwards and Dan Bigger and various <laughs> yes, people. Yes. I really enjoyed Dan Bigger's revelation that Talupe says absolutely nothing until he gets on the beers, and then all of a sudden he's like demanding to be made captain next week and stuff like that. Which That's is properly just, what a lad it. who I played rugby with at uni used to do to the to the lad, you know, the the, the member of the team who did the coaching because nobody else yes. wanted to. He used to mind the shit out of him. That was a, about wanting to play scrum half or something, which is just fucking wonderful. Um, Francis, what I feel gets in touch, he says, um, good is the Arenza try. A thing of beauty, sublime 80 minutes, uh, 80 meters of excitement. Yeah, it was a lovely try. Yeah, it really was. Am I the only one, though, that thinks that Marcus Smith could have done a bit better because that step oh, wasn't mate. that good? He could have done a lot better with that. If he just like, kept running, it was obvious, it was obvious what he was going to do. He was going to do like, it because he did an in to out, but he didn't really stand him up. He was still no. moving in the right direction. Smith. It was wicked I thought if you just dive now, you'll tackle yeah. him. It was wicked because of how quickly he was It's moving. easy for me to say, of course. Yeah, and obviously, he's an incredibly fast man. And the sort of out-to-ins, like he was shaping. It was a glide more than a step, though. It was, Yeah, it was. But I think, like, Smith, obviously, like, because Smith is just not a very good defender, full stop, like, he saw him come in and just pat. And because Marcus Smith's natural instinct is to sidestep even when he doesn't need to, um, <laughs> he looked at him coming towards him and was just like, oh, shit, he's going to step on the inside. And a good defender in that situation goes, well, if you're gonna, if he steps me on the inside, then fair fucks. Like, it's, he's done well. Because you've actually got to do quite well to fully step inside of somebody in that position and still have the gas to make it to the try line without getting caught. Like, <laughs> very few players have that level of lateral movement when they go in at that pace to step inside you like that. But Smith basically got so obsessed with the notion that he was going to step inside that he just stayed in and let him mm. come 
And then he didn't even really have to step that much. Like you say, it was just a little shimmy, and he bought it so Again, fucking hard. Easy for me was... to say at that pace, but it's a... Uh... It, it was not good. <laughs> but um, Hamish says as well, he could have done better Smith by not kicking the ball to Valemge in the first place. Yeah, and if anybody bothered chasing it as well, that might have yeah, helped. But it was... Um... But I mean, it just did that... The, the, there's something lovely about when three good footballers get running in a pod, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's glorious, isn't it? It's, really, it's, a, it's one of the nicest it's, things in the game, one, really. One of those things, in, and it's, it's a thing that rugby has that not a lot of sports do, in that, like, sometimes you know it's going to be a try long before it's a try. Yes. And you, and you can enjoy the sort of excitement building of just, like, this is happening. It's happening. It's yeah, happening. Yeah, for the first pass, you were like, "All right, okay, let's see what's this happening." Is good, this could be a yeah. try. You looked ahead of him, and you were like, "Oh fuck, there's almost nobody there. This is bad." And then, because <laughs> even in even in football, when it's like a three on two, because you can't right. control possession as well. No, it's never quite I'll, certain, is it? Because but... ultimately, you're trying to hit, you know beat a man in a goal. There's always somebody there, unless like yeah. And, and as, no matter how easy that is, it can still go wrong. Whereas, like when you saw Faf, Vilemsa, and Adrensa all breaking into open field, it was just like, well, this one way or another, this is a try. <laughs> like there is no way that this isn't going to be a try. Uh, James Reese gets in touch. As good as Joe Hawkins played really well, doesn't deserve to be in that Wales squad. See also Jack Morgan. We didn't mention Jack Morgan at all, really, did we? What yeah. a fucking game he had. Again. He, he carries like no, no forward does in Wales at the moment. Plaster of strength. Yeah. Scaffolder strength is that it. Um <laughs> Keith Taylor gets in touch. So as good as the shock Nick Mullins will get when all these Springboks rock up for the South African teams in Europe in a couple of weeks because he seemed convinced their season was done and they were all off on their holidays. <laughs> <laughs> I did I did find that funny. It's like, oh, it's the end of a tough season for them. It's like, no, Nick, they're on the same season as us now. <laughs> They're playing till next May. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Harley Worthy gets in Yes. Harley Worthy says, Good is Cardiff nil in the Sharks, 35 nil, and absolutely, and including an absolutely shambolic but fabulous try by Thomas Young. Yes. Graham Kurtzveld says, Off topic, but good is me discovering Lee's terrific football podcast, Nesson Dorma. Slight excuse yeah. for a plug here for me. Devoted listener from the beginning of. Lost track of it, found it again, listening again for episode one. Yeah, we've got a World Cup special episode out. I'm not on it. It has to be said. It's my colleagues who are doing it, which is three and a quarter hours on France versus Germany from 1982, semi-final nice. of the World Cup. So if nice. you need something to fill up a few of your dog walks, go and have a listen to that. But yeah, we don't really do that much anymore, but yeah, very enjoyable. But about 100 hours of listening there if you've got every short oh, something yeah. to do. Annie, Anna Seligman, hello Anna, says, good, semi-related to rugby, but I put my Christmas tree up this weekend and it made me happy and he's the, he's the pain of Wales losing. Yes. Exactly. Lloyd Williams says, good, Wayne Barnes is newfound, I've handed in my notice and I'll do what I want vibes. Angry TMO checks, telling the cameraman off and I can't wait until he basically turns up to ref a game in a hoodie. <laughs> Any more goods from you, Josh, before we wrap nah. this long episode up? Let's wrap this bad boy up. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for contributing. Thank you, everybody, for sticking with us. It will be back to domestic rugby next week. And we've got a guest on next week as well. So um, we'll speak to you all then. Take care and goodbye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.